I'm aware I'm on. We also got the music in the background, Mark. Thanks for the clue. I heard it. I'm trying to get him to turn it down for an hour. All right. Good morning. Welcome to Men's Roundtable. Glad you're here. The journey. What do you do on those mornings when you wake up and you're just not really sure your day's going to go well? In the journey, where do you go? You just keep muddling along? This morning I woke up. I have a routine. My wife says, I'm crazy. I'm just old. Every morning I wake up and I grab a cup of coffee. I put a protein powder in it. I grab a protein shake headed out of the door. Well, this morning, a little unusual, typically, coffee cup is turned upright and the protein shake is upside down in one hand as I go out the door. This morning when I got in the truck, I noticed I got this white powder all over my pants, hoping I don't get stopped by the police somewhere. I've got protein shake all in my lap and the protein shake is in good shape. Then about halfway here, I'm thinking, man, I know I brushed my teeth this morning. I sure hope it was toothpaste. <laughs> I am just having one of those days today. I mean, it's like, if it could go wrong, I feel it's gonna go wrong and still to the head today like that yesterday, I'm thinking I might just go home and go to sleep and start over again. What do you do when you're on a journey and you're struggling? Continue in isolation? Hoping you're going to get through? Taking whatever comes your way? Taking it on the chin. Oh, I'll be okay. I got this. I got it. I don't need any help. We're good. It's right where the enemy wants you to be. Isolated, alone, and thinking you got it in the middle of a battle. Gentlemen, that's a great time to pick up the phone and call somebody and say, man, I am struggling today. I am having trouble. I woke up, world just doesn't seem right. I'm in chaos. I need somebody just to lean on this morning just to help me get my head straight. Sometimes it's called a guide along the way, a brother. So there's a group that meets, has a meeting coming up. Johnny was sharing this with me. There were some flyers on the table out front. Prison Ministries, Kairos. There is a team meeting coming up. There's information on here. I didn't have a chance to read it all. I've had one of those mornings. Central Mississippi Correctional Facility for Men. The team that's going to go into this area of the prison, I did hear from Johnny earlier in the week, to where the bad guys are. Where the bad guys are. It's an opportunity for men to go in and witness to another man who is in prison, who's on a journey. His journey may look differently than ours, but it's still a journey. It's not where we are, but where we're headed. If you have, a, have an interest or a heart to check into this, please pick up a flyer. Johnny's back here on the right, on my right, your left. I'm sure he'll be happy to talk to you as you exit this morning. What a great place to go to someone who feels they have no hope whatsoever, incarcerated for life. But there is hope through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Two weeks we've got a round, uh, excuse me, a, a deer camp coming up. This weekend is fish camp. Two weeks we've got deer camp. Understand there's two or three openings left. It is going to be a unique one. Phil was telling me about. They've got at least two father-son pairs signed up. If you've not experienced something like that, let me tell you, that is powerful. To see a restoration work between a father and a son, that's incredible. If you're an alumni, I encourage you to attend. It'll be something delightful to see. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity of gathering here. Lord, I thank you for ceasefire, for the chicken biscuits and sausage and coffee that were served this morning. Lord, I thank you for Phil. Anoint him now, Lord. Through him, bring us your message, your message of hope, your message that we're on the journey. The destination is you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Mm. I want to make sure I don't have any white powder on my black pants here, Joe, after, after standing there next to you. <laughs> Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Excited to be here. Give your white powder back to you there, Joe. Um, so this morning, uh, as we uh, continue um, 
in our journey of wisdom, wisdom uh, for the journey. Um, I want you to pick up your pen, and even before I play the song, I want you to write uh, down, uh, we're going to work with two columns uh, today. And so you can, uh, I think there's some space there on the back of your uh, handout there at the bottom, so you can kind of work with me. And we're going to work with uh, good fear and bad fear. Because the topic of uh, today's session is the fear of the Lord. Um, and so I want you to distinguish between good fear and bad fear. So I want you to write down three areas of bad fear or what would be bad fear uh, to you? What, what comes to your mind? What would be bad fear in your life? Bad fear. What comes to your mind? Like, I shouldn't be afraid of that. I don't want to be afraid of that. Or this really bothers me. Uh, I have anxiety uh, about this. I lose sleep um, over this. Bad fear. What comes to your mind? What comes to your mind? Now, we'll tease that out um, as we go along uh, this morning because um, fear is not a bad thing uh, because uh, there is good fear and bad fear. But um, I want to offer you a song um, this morning that we um, have played here before and we've worked with, Love, uh, Zach Williams. Um, and this is his song, Fear is a Liar. Fear is a Liar. Love this song. Now, again, when, when Zach's singing his song, Fear is a Liar, he's talking about bad fear. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about good fear the fear of the Lord. But listen uh, and follow with me. The words are there on, on your uh, handout to just the uh, first part of the song. Um, and it's talking about fear, of course. When he told you you were not good enough, when he told you you're not right. Now I say that to Rome a lot. Dude, you're just not right. When he told you you're not strong enough to put up a good fight, when he told you you're not worthy, when he told you you're not loved, when he told you you are not beautiful, that you'll never be enough, fear is a liar. He will take your breath, stop you in your steps. Fear is a liar. He will rob your rest, steal your happiness, cast your fear in the fire, because fear is a liar. May you open your hearts uh, to the Lord this morning through this song. May you hear the voice of God. Fear is a Liar by Zach Williams. <laughs> Told you
We come to you on a truck. We're all gonna be alone. We told to you, sure, we can never find a home. We told you are dirty. Should be ashamed. We told you could be one. The grace can never change. You did your stop you in your stairs. Your hands still your feet. The fire will change. He is the light. Let your fire fall, cast out all my fear. Let your fire fall, beloved of me. Let your fire fall and cast out all my fear. Let your fire fall, beloved of me. Let your fire fall and cast out all Some of the visual images in that song are um, very real to me, um, and I would assume that they're very real to you as you follow the stories, um, the visual stories of those that we see in the song. Um, part, of, part of my story is uh, my childhood hero, uh, one of them was my uncle. He was a high school basketball coach. So, you know, playing sports and the only thing better than your uh, uncle being the uh, high school coach is if your dad had been the high school coach. But I love my uncle John. And um, the scene there where the car, the, the gentleman pulls his uh, car in the garage and we know what that's about. You know, you turn the engine on and you're in an enclosed environment and you just go to sleep. And uh, my uncle got himself in a really bad uh, place, and that's what he did. He attempted suicide by pulling his car into the garage, and, and that was unsuccessful. Uh, but sadly, he stayed in that depressed state, um, and he shot himself. Uh, it was one of the great, great tragedies uh, of my family's life and, and until the day my uh, uh, daddy died. He could not talk about his younger brother and what happened to him. Fear's a liar. It's real. Whether it's cancer, or I don't know if you followed uh, the scene. I mean, the, the text messages of the little teenage girl, it's kind of hard to make out. You know, you're a loser, the text message said. You ought to go ahead and kill yourself was one of the messages on that. I mean, junior high kids, high school kids can be so cruel. And now we've got these crazy 
things that bring us so much good, but can be used in such an evil way. Fear is a liar, gentlemen. Fear is a liar. Be on the alert. Stand firm in your faith. Act like men. Be strong. The words from 1 Corinthians uh, 16, 13. Follow with me, gentlemen, as we dig in. And let's read our introductory uh, paragraphs. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. Proverbs 1, 5. We need help to make decisions about work, all relationships in speech and conduct, who to trust or avoid, along with being measured by the plumb line of true character. Wisdom from Proverbs offers insight into the concrete experiences of human life that help us take charge of our lives. Proverbs is about how to live out your faith in God. There is no true wisdom apart from Jesus. Again, as we've said over and over, Jesus and wisdom, synonyms, heads and tails of the same coin. When we're talking about wisdom in the series, we're talking about Jesus. When we're talking about Jesus, we're talking about wisdom. Fools are those who rely on their own knowledge to navigate life. In this study, we will look and listen to hear God's voice and see his sun shining through the book of Proverbs. We will be equipped in every way for our journey. And this morning, uh, the piece of the wisdom puzzle that we're working with um, is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Um, and, you know, part of good fear, of course, uh, is uh, is uh, that I fear the Lord. I, I fear grieving my father. Um, as a believer, I can't make him mad. His wrath is no longer part of his way of relating to me. I can never do anything to make God mad at me. God does not punish his children. He disciplines us, though. He will discipline us. And he'll never turn his back on us but he will deeply he will be deeply grieved at our stupidity and our foolishness good fear fear of the lord bad fear we would just start out with this afraid of god that's bad fear that's bad juju as we would say I'm afraid to trust God. Phil, you, you don't know what I've done. Well, you don't know what I've done. You know, I'll see you're done and raise you too. We'll play done poker. You know, nothing that you can do, uh, nothing that I can do would cause God to turn his back on us. But we're afraid of him oftentimes because of our shame and our guilt, Right. So what, what did you write down on your piece of paper? Work with me here this morning. Uh, let's brainstorm through this. Bad fear. What comes to your mind? Sickness. Sickness. Exactly. Um, I'm afraid that my health will betray me. Future. I'm just afraid of the future. Um, scared to death of what's up ahead. My best days are behind me. My future is dark. That's a lot. You know, so somehow getting that uh, phone call that some, I'm sure, in this room have gotten that something's wrong with your family. Yeah, a child, uh, a son, a daughter is hurt. What else? Money. Money. Absolutely. Um, never enough, never enough, never enough, never enough. Yeah, that somehow for what I've done, there's no forgiveness. If you really knew what I'd done, 
if somehow I brought that before the Lord, I would be like uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. I would turn to uh, 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 Abram. Uh, was it Abraham's wife? Is that who that was? Lot's wife. That's right. Lot's wife. Yeah. Turn to a pillar of salt. Yeah. Failure. There you go, Marty. You know, failure. Fear of failure. Fear of failure. Missing out. Missing out. Just the fear of not being chosen somehow, not being included. Uh, Yopi, my dog, has high inclusion needs. You know, she wants to be included in everything. Okay? All right, now, let me just read some things that I wrote down, and you can add this to your list. Um, the fear of being found out. How about your secrets? I'm afraid my secrets are going to be found out. Um, you know, start out a counseling session on Monday in Fairhope in my office. Uh, a couple I've been working with for several months. Thought it was going to be just a normal session, trying to fine-tune some communication pieces and all that. And we start out, and I look over, and the and the husband's got his head down, and I said, "What's what's going on? Something's going on." You know, I could I could feel the vibe, right, Roger? You're in a counseling room. What you feel in that room is 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 is, is as important as what you hear in that room. And he looks up at me and he says, um, "I got found out." I've been having an affair for over a year. And I've been working with him for three months. He's trying to heal his relationship with his wife with a big leak in his marriage tire. You know, he's not going to get very far. Okay. And um, he got found out. She caught him. How do you think she caught him? It's all documented. It's all documented. Nothing like text messages. It's the history of the affair right there documented. And she found it. Um, panic attacks. Fear. Loss of appetite. Can't eat. That's fear. Sleep deprivation. Sleep issues. That's fear. Anxiety. That's fear. Depression. But nobody would ever call depression fear. It's fear. Isolation that Joe mentioned earlier. It's fear. Here's one. Afraid to tell your story. Now, guys... There's guys in this room that will not come to deer camp because you're afraid to tell your story. Please don't do that to yourself. Please. We've been doing deer camp for 23 years. Very humbly proud of that. Um, as I told um, the young man that had a problem with deer camp uh, a couple of weeks ago, that's my legacy at whatever legacy that I have. I'm very proud of what God has done in me and through me and through the community of men at Ebenezer Place. But to be afraid to tell your story, Larry, that's not a healthy fear, is it? No, there's, there's healing there. Don't be afraid to come and tell your story. Please don't do that to yourself. Um. So those are just a few of the bad fears. Got to get honest about your fears. Um, I'm, I'm carrying around a lot of bad fear. I don't want to carry that around. I really want to move to this side of the equation, the good fear. Fear is a good thing when it's directed and focused at the right thing. Fear is a good thing when it's directed at the right thing. So pick up your pen again, and I wanna ask you three questions, do a little journaling. So the first question 
is how is the fear of God at the center of every circumstance and decision in your life? And maybe, maybe that question would be asked better. Is the fear of God at the center of every circumstance and decision in your life? But think about that to, uh, uh, in a minute. The most important thing in my life, um, when I'm clear, not always clear, but when I'm clear, the most important thing to me is being honoring to God. Truly, at this stage in my life, my biggest fear is that somehow that I would not end well. I want to end well. I want to end um, excited to walk through those pearly gates. Um, and I know that I can do that. Uh, having been covered by the blood of Jesus, not based on my performance, but covered by the blood of Jesus. And I don't want to grieve my father. I don't want to upset and hurt my heavenly father. So question number two, is there a difficulty in your life now that you can accept, not as a good thing in itself, but it's part of God's wise plan for your life. A circumstance or a relationship that you wish was just gone, but maybe God really wants to use. And you are being invited to trust him rather than fear. I don't want to see that person. I don't want to talk to that person. I wish that circumstance was out of my life. And God keeps saying, trust me. Trust me, trust me, trust me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Third question, when people who know you well watch you under pressure, what do they see? Anxiety, avoidance, depression, I, I used to struggle with depression, truly, until I got found out. And I realized, through the help of a good counselor, that I was using my depression as a way to protect me from responsibility. I'd get depressed, and then I could take a day off. I was depressed. Rather than facing, or even going and talking to my brothers and saying, guys, I'm, I'm scared to death. I don't know what to do. Help me through this. I would just get depressed. And early on in our marriage, um, Carla tried to help me. And then she quit helping me. And that really made me mad. She got healthy and I didn't. I was afraid. So I want you to turn to your partner and interact with those three questions and this fear for a few minutes. Uh, share that which is on your heart um, to the degree that you want to be open and vulnerable. Um, make a new friend. Go. Thank you. 
All right, gentlemen, let's uh, continue. Let's continue. And hopefully some of those uh, conversations will um, get picked up at a coffee shop or um, over the phone or whatever. But um, let's work on the positive side of the equation here. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7, and this is really our theme verse for this morning, first chapter, verse 7, Proverbs. Start with God. Start with God. It's not about you. It's not about you. Start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Bend the knee. Surrender. Only fools thumb their noses at such wisdom and learning. Now again, in your study Bible, it reads something like this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So working with our chart... Um, good fear starts with reality. The reality of God. That's real. He exists. And again, Jesus and God uh, are heads and tails of the same coin. Uh, we recently um, had a, a, a young man come to deer camp and he said, I don't have a problem with God, but I just don't believe in Jesus. Wow. Well, sorry, dude. You know, do not go to the convenience store and lay that quarter up on the counter and say, I only want to spend the head side. I don't want to spend the tail side. They'll call 911 on you and lock you up. And that's, and that's what that's like. To say, I believe in God and don't believe in Jesus is like, trying to spin the head side of a quarter and not spin the tail side. So this idea of good fear, first of all, is that we are committed to a God-centered life. And Jeff, you can throw that first slide up there if you would, please. This kind of fear is not the dread of punishment but a standing awe of someone in his, in his name is the Lord of heaven. You can let the Lord be your fear, your life center. And if you don't do that, something else will be. So what we're talking about here is a sense of awe versus a sense of dread. And there was probably a time in all of our lives that we had a sense of dread about God. We were scared of God. Um, and the Bible teaches us, it's like, man, no, he welcomes us. He's not mad at you. He's not mad at you. And if we're going to see 
again, the beauty of this verse, verse 7, um, of fearing the Lord in a positive way, then it starts with grace. It starts with grace, responding to grace. When you're afraid of God, you have a really, really, really poor understanding of grace. When you truly understand grace and you realize that God is welcoming you into his arms every day, every day, every day, more grace, more grace. See, I would. the Bible says that the uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 21 and 22, and we always read this at Deer Camp on Friday night, um, that the reason that you and I are not further along in our journey is not so much that we don't know what to do, it's because we feel so condemned by what we have done. And it's grace that we need. If I really felt accepted, I would be more free to do that which I know to do. I believe that we suffer from grace deprivation, and that's why we are so afraid of God and not fear the Lord. So responding to grace is part of fearing the Lord. And then this, this idea of, 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 of changing, changing deeply. That when I really get this clear in my head that the fear of the Lord is most critical uh, to me, um, and that in that fear of the Lord, that changing deeply comes intimate intimacy with Jesus, uh, humility. I can just be humble. Um, it changes the whole paradigm. So I begin to face life with a with a degree of humility. I'm not afraid to be found out. That which you find out about me is not nearly uh, as much as you think it is. I'm actually worse than you think I am. That's humility. I mean, okay, so you heard this about me? Well, buy me a cup of coffee. I'll tell you the rest of the story. It's worse than you think. But I've been forgiven. I've been forgiven. I fear God a whole lot more than I fear you. Isn't it sad, gentlemen, that we fear what other men think of us more than we fear the Lord? Man, what a tragedy that I would rather live in a performance-based reality than a grace-based reality. That's hell. That's hell. That you keep bringing your performance um, to the throne of God, hoping to be accepted, that will never work. And so it makes us um, full of self-interest rather, rather than really changing and bowing the knee. We keep being absorbed in self-interest. Our own narcissism, our own anger trying to protect us rather than just bending the knee and fearing the Lord. I'm really scared of somehow disappointing my heavenly father. That, that bothers me a whole lot more than me upsetting you about something that I've done or not done. Um, last week, I shared with you a, a struggle that I was having uh, relative to some things that happened at deer camp. And um, I wrote a blog um, this past weekend and kind of addressed that. Um, I want you to go to our hardenlife.com website and read that blog. I don't obviously I don't have time to go through that, but it'll give you a, a little bit of insight into how I used my pain uh, tried to in a redemptive way by journaling. I mean, my blog was was my journal, and I uh, uh, the title of the uh, uh, journal or the uh, title of the blog was why some people have a hard time admitting their wrongs. 
Um, and I struggle with that and struggle with not uh, at what part was my responsibility because I tend to be overly responsible. Definitely, you know. Um, and so I, I teased that out. And then I sat um, with uh, the young man who had the problem. And we had a conversation and um, we got things straight in that. Um, I confronted the issue, not confrontationally. I just faced him. And I was kind and gentle, but we had a conversation. Um, I want to show you um, a clip um, it's the trailer out of the movie Heart of Man. And you can watch the full movie on Amazon Prime. And we've shown this at um, Deer Camp, Fish Camp, uh, used it in our um, weekend. But I want you to listen to this because um, the, the, the whole movie is about men's struggle with their failures, especially their sexual brokenness. Addiction to pornography, the shame and the guilt that comes with that, and the struggle to really bring their brokenness to God. What is your view of God? I want you to watch this trailer. L listen to this. Um, Dan Allender, Trey Levern, who's a good friend, was at our uh, uh, men's uh, um, leadership weekend, all part of this uh, movie. Watch this and understand the struggle to bring your brokenness before a loving, accepting, grace-filled God. Best scenario I saw for myself living in the dark was to keep everything a secret. So if I kept everything a secret, no one would get hurt. One day I finally figured out how messed up I was, so I wouldn't come in. Yeah, no. Some of us are too broken to, to even think that far outside of ourselves. So a lot of us have to get caught in one way or another. And uh, that is a great and terrifying grace. It was like taking a drug. There was this unbelievable guilt and shame associated with it, but at the same time I felt this this high. I feel this sense that something is uniquely wrong. I always felt that God was mildly disgusted. Hearing that he loves me didn't really resonate because it's like when it's all said and done, he's still going to judge me. And no matter what you did to clean yourself up, to look good, to play the right parts, to say the right things, shame was always there to tell you that you're bad. When you're bad, God doesn't love you, doesn't want to have anything to do with you. You have to earn that love. Shame is that thing that drives my compulsive behavior. I was a slave to it. That's when it clicked. Lust is desire gone. So every man, every woman struggles with lust. Eventually, we begin to face it's an addiction, it's going to kill us. So often, we think God is just trying to get us to conform them when really what He's committed to is unbelievable transformation. If we could only enter the depths of His love, we would find our lives. When the particle hits the ground, something can grow. Nothing so dead. Or it can't grow something that he did. What are you afraid of? Being found out or grieving the heart of the father, the heart of a man? I don't want to be better. I want to be different. I don't, I don't want to just be a shinier version of my broken self. I want to be transformed. 
And that's what the wisdom of the fear of the Lord invites us into. The life of wisdom. The life of wisdom. Look over at Proverbs chapter 19, verse 23. Verse 19, 23. Fear of God is life itself, a full life and serene. No nasty surprises. And again, in your study Bible, that verse reads, the fear of the Lord leads to life so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. Did you ever think that the reason that you're having a hard time sleeping uh, is because you're having a hard time in your relationship with God. You're wrestling with God, and that's why you can't sleep. Sleep deprivation oftentimes is a sign of a heart issue. A peaceful heart comes from fear of the Lord. Resting in God, that my rest in God is the safest place on earth. My relationship with God, I move toward God. He is my refuge and I feel safe, as opposed to the bad fear that I feel anxiety. I'm anxious, anxious all the time. No, again, nobody's going to get this perfect, this side of heaven. And, and, and when, we, when we're in heaven, all of this will be uh, deeply true of us, and all of this side of the equation will be gone. But I don't believe in absolute transformation. I believe in substantive transformation, that we can be substantively different this side of heaven. We'll always struggle, but we can be significantly changed. Trusting in God is my security. Look at chapter 14, verse 26 and 27. Proverbs 14, 26 and 27 Verse 26, the fear of God builds up confidence and makes a world safe for your children. You know what the best foundation to raise your children on is the fear of the Lord. That's what it's saying. You want to build a good house for your children? Make sure that slab is the fear of God. And then the next verse, verse 27, the fear of God is a spring of living water so you won't go off drinking from poisoned wells. In other words, that it will keep you from death. Separation. The fear of God. So, so my security is in trusting God, as opposed to me trying to control everything. The opposite of trust is control. Have you ever been labeled a control freak? You're just so controlling. How about you don't trust anybody? Same thing. You're controlling because you don't trust any, anybody. Enjoying God. Enjoying God. A joy-filled life as opposed to discontent is what the fear of the Lord brings. I can have joy in the midst of all of those scenes that we saw in Zach Williams' song. All, all, all of these circumstances that are real. I mean, there's nothing that's made up about this. this. This is part of life. But as I have fear in the Lord, the Bible says that I can have joy in the midst of any circumstance. Not disregard for reality. It's not like I'm some sort of Doris Day, K. Sarah, Sarah, totally clueless, blonde. You know, I, I, this is hard. This is real. This is real. But in the midst of that realness is a greater reality because I put my trust in him. So we finish up with this. Confident in God's plan. Confident in God's plan. Look at Proverbs 21. Proverbs 21, verse 30 says this. I love this. Underline this. Get your yellow highlighter out. 
put an asterisk by this. Proverbs 21.30. Nothing clever, nothing conceived, nothing contrived can, the, can get the better of God. Nothing, nothing, nothing. No circumstance, no relationship that's in, in your life is a surprise by God, uh, a surprise to God. That what this is talking about here is the sovereignty of God. And I'm telling you, gentlemen, if there's one truth about God that'll change your life is dig in and understand the sovereignty of God. And what the sovereignty of God means is that there's nothing in your life or my life that somehow God doesn't have his hand on. Every circumstance in my life, and I learned the sovereignty of God by one of my first big tragedies um, in life. That's usually when we learn it. We're struggling. It's like when we're in the Job uh, circumstance of life, that's when we uh, began to understand the sovereignty of God. And that's when Job understood the sovereignty of God. And he bowed the knee. He feared God more than anything. And God restored him. Wisdom, the fear of the Lord. So where do you camp? Is your tent pitched over here in bad fear? Or is your tent entered on bended knee into the holy of holies of God? It's a great picture. Start every day on your knees, bended knee. I surrender. I fear you, Lord. I don't want to disappoint my daddy, my daddy, my heavenly father. Thank you, God, for loving me. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for our time this morning. Thank you for the wisdom that you have offered us through your book. May we walk in such a way uh, that we are joyful and peaceful even in the midst of difficult circumstances and different relationships. Thank you, Lord, for our time. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.